0: Gentlemen, how you doing today? Shug made a movie. Doing, great. What's up?
1: What's up? August
0: eight. This is episode 14. I'm hanging out here with my buddy Shug. Yeah man. We got Joel here, of course.
2: Hola mi gente. So uh
0: Saturday. Kind of a kind of a weird week here in New York. Uh did you guys lose power?
1: I didn't
2: my friend, my aunt, and they, like they lost like not light power but like service like cable and cell services like horrible but the lights was on Mhm. i heard like it
0: wasn't that bad uh uh sure you know this i went out on a tuesday morning and i got like almost blown away like dorothy and uh, the wizard of Oz. i got out of nowhere like the rain started coming down my hat flew off and uh power went out for two days straight uh, I had to move around, too, and go to different places to do all, like, uh, get the power going. Uh, but, yeah, so today we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, of course, uh, MLB is going going on, and one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, MLB in the bigger scheme of things, like, uh, not, like, as we see show in the backgrounds, you, you're rocking and rolling with the game in the back.
1: Yeah, man. Doing my best, Mike Francesa impression.
0: Yeah, you need to have like the six of them though. You need like CNN, you need Fox, you need the MLB, you need the weird, uh, <laughs> a fringe sport thing going. Yeah, so obviously, sugar, a huge fan. You know everything about what's going on, like daily. Uh, but we're uh we're gonna talk about uh the appeal to like non fans, like like more casual fans. Yeah. So also. We're going to talk about something else this week. Uh, Shug turned me on to a new show, new series that's out called P-Valley, a.k.a. Pussy Valley. Uh, I caught up on it. Uh, I watched all of them, and I'm hooked. Uh, it's a very interesting show. We're going to get into that. Uh, thanks again, Shug, for uh, giving me the uh, info on that. Yeah, you almost, all, did you check
1: that out yet? Putting a yeah. lot of people onto it. Like you know, with the uh, power, yeah, gonna, with, the, with the power thing. Um, like my sister and my brother-in-law and my nephew had to come and stay with us for a day, so they they were, you know, I I told them about it, and they watched like I think all four episodes that are on so far. So they were just in a, in 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 the living room, just like captivated by it. And then Mike told me he was captivated by it. So we're going to get into it. And we'll hear Joel's thoughts because he also watched it.
0: That's great. And then uh, also we were just, uh, me and Shug were just talking about, we always talk about like uh, nostalgic things and everything. We we're talking about the 1990s. And uh, Shug, you're watching Clueless, right? So we started talking about Cher, the mm-hmm. character Cher from that and basically, we were like, man, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of uh, hotties in the '90s, and uh, we were just like reflecting on that. And uh, I, I, I'm reminiscing about being a young kid and watching these old movies. And um, I'm I made a, a list in my head of uh, all the old ones.
1: Yeah, it's like that, weird. I think. Uh, and then they popped up in movies or they pop up in TV shows and stuff, and you're like, where have they been? Or you. You watch, like, a movie from the 90s, and you're like, where has she been, like, the last, like, 20 years? Like, what happened to her?
0: Yeah, because you have some that up, become, like, mega, mega stars. Right. And the one who was supposed to be, like, the, the batter and was, like, "You don't see her anymore, or God forbid you see her on TMZ doing some wild stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
0: so we're going to get into that uh, in Me uh, the Mooney, episode 14.
1: All right, so... Uh, Joel texted me the other day, sent me uh, a link to a video from a podcast featuring um, someone I'm a big Brilliant. Fan. Brilliant idiots, right?
2: Yeah, it's Charlamagne the God and Andrew Schultz.
1: Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Charlamagne, not so much Andrew Schultz. I know both of them from... Um, well, I knew Charlamagne from New York radio when it used to be with um, Wendy Williams and eventually... He got on 105.1 with the Breakfast Club and that's like, you know, his main thing now. So I met him, very genuine, cool person, great time. You can look on my Instagram if you want to see the pic. Um, it was my mom's birthday, so he was like talking to my mom. It was up at the, at the casino. Um, so I think she, she likes him too. But he he brought up um they him and Schultz were talking about baseball and um you know what's going on. I think they started off talking about like the Marlins with what was going on last week where they had all of those um positive corona tests they basically had like a little outbreak and and the Marlins had to take like a break from playing baseball for a week because the team and their staff was like decimated so um and I actually, like, brought up uh, a topic that's been on my mind for the longest while, and it's, um, you know, baseball's, like, mass appeal, because baseball has always been, you know, America's pastime, but these days, you know, not everybody's as into it as they were, say, like, you know, 30 years ago. So, Joel, what, what was said on um, Brilliant Idiots? All right,
2: but uh, on the podcast, it was um, Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz. Like they brought up, not Andrew Schultz, but Charlemagne brought up to like for baseball to have more appeal, it needs a little bit of MAGA in it, which I found ridiculous because that's just gonna bring in more, you know, probably more problems. And like I said, the whole their whole view on baseball was more satirical. I took it more satirical mm-hmm. because they're not really baseball fans and they of themselves on the podcast that they don't really watch baseball but taking this you know approach away from that they did bring them some good points because they're saying with the whole corona going on the virus that baseball is an outdoor sport so it might just the attendance might go down therefore leading to less appeal and there's certain players like they really promote in Trout. This is not what they say, but this is just like, I believe me and you, we feel the same, Show Like, they just don't have enough players to really promote the game. They really, every year is usually like one guy. It's usually Trout, and Trout has been Trout for like the last how many years? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why there's no real appeal in baseball. It's just on top of that, you know, uh, they mentioned on the podcast as well, the length of the game takes like four or five hours sometimes to complete a game. That's going to lose the field. Nobody has that attention span nowadays. So that I agree with as well as, you know, they just have to be better marketing, better players, more players that MLB should market. Because they're usually always the same guy. Yeah. Mike?
0: Well, you mentioned that uh, they, it's always like one guy or like they use the same guy for a long time uh that's the epitome of baseball it's like a long run it takes a long time for like a franchise to build up uh, cuz you know baseball has not even in this in 2020 just long term like in baseball history so you got the we got the farm teams and then all the way up to hopefully winning the world series so it's a long progression and that is uh that appeals more to the diehard fan a fan like Shug, who's watching the game right now in the back while he's doing his thing here uh you know, 162 games a year is a lot. That's that's like every day. Uh, casual fans. NFL, you know, Super Bowl, that's like the most popular. That was always historically the most popular night of TV uh, of the year. And people wouldn't even know what, who the teams were, and they would just watch it. But they would watch it, and they would have a good time. Uh, they would barely know who who the, the teams were or like the players. And it was just, like, exciting. World Series, MLB. It's more about devotion and like the guy who reads the, the person who reads like the newspaper every day and they know the stats numbers it takes time you have to commit to it as a as a avid fan uh for casual fans they don't have the time for that um so yeah so like t- the attention span uh is one of the key things that i, I was thinking about when we were talking about this this topic uh, and and then like the whole thing, the like, building building a uh, building a building a successful franchise, it's like a long it's a long term thing, and uh, I don't think people have like the time to commit to it anymore.
2: Yeah. Um...
0: But with the whole thing with MAGA thing, I I'm gonna think. I don't. What do you think about that, sure Because I I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, it, you know, honestly, when I I listened to the Brilliant Idiots, it wasn't the first time I actually heard something like that, because I think I was listening to Bill Simmons like years ago, probably like during like the campaign, um, Trump's campaign. And, you know, they were talking about Mike Trout being like the most, you know, the, the, the face of the league or the sport. And they were saying, like, you know, Mike Trout really, outside of, like, just playing well, he doesn't have, like, a personality. Like, say LeBron James, he's the face of basketball. But, you know, you see him, he has, like, a commercial appeal. Um, He has, like, a media appeal. And he crosses over and stuff like that. So, there was, you know, the idea that they brought was, like, what if Mike Trout was like a big like Trump supporter, like a MAGA guy and like a patriotic dude? Like maybe that would boost his like um his exposure, you know, to to the to the masses. But, you know, the thing, like not, you know, I've I've said multiple times on the show that anybody that supports Trump, you know, I have to question, you know, their morality. But also the fact that, you know, like Trump. Like following Trump isn't like the hot thing in right now. Like a lot of people are like distancing themselves from that ideal. So it wouldn't behoove them. The thing about Mike Trout, I think why he doesn't appeal to the masses. And I bring it up every time he's in like the MVP discussion and whatsoever. Like he's only played in three playoff games. And he, it was a division series, which is best of five. And he got swept and he didn't even play like particularly well in it. So if you're trying to appeal to a national audience, he plays in Anaheim. Like we discussed for a little bit in the last episode with the West Coast bias, like you're hardly really seeing him on TV nationally. And then come playoff time, like your best player is supposed to be on the forefront and the guy like we've you know that's been brought up. That should be like the face of the league, and you know it might be. It might sound biased coming from us. Is Aaron Judge like he's a bi? You know he's biracial. He's a freaking giant. He hits home runs. Um, you've seen his like Jersey Mike commercials and his um Pepsi commercials and stuff like that. Like he has the the commercial appeal. Um, his rookie year like I remember I went out to Pittsburgh for the um to to see the Yankees play the the Pirates and all people would talk about was Aaron Judge. So, you know, he I'd say like at the very least Aaron Judge would be like the candidate to be you know that player. But, you know, my thing is I'm not making a I'm not making an argument for Aaron Judge to be the, the face of the sport But I'm making the argument that Mike Trout Probably shouldn't be Unless like You know all of a sudden he throws the angels on his back Like Barry Bonds For all his um Warts Like he used to carry The Giants to the playoffs Like routinely with like bad teams So I never really understood the appeal of like Oh he's the best player But it's like alright he only won like 82 games this year You know
0: well, baseball is also it's like the, the epitome of like a team sport. Uh, like NBA, like you could have one guy like like LeBron. Like we see, he takes he took the Cavs from obscurity, brought them up there, you know. And then when, as soon as he left, the next season he, they were dismal, not on TV anymore, not in the public eye. And he comes back, and then they win again, you know, and they're in the public eye, and then they're not. Uh, baseball again, like I was trying to say, like it's it's, it's such a different type of type of animal than, uh, like NFL, I know, NFL has a lot of team, a lot of players and everything. And, but it changes like every year. Uh, I just think that, uh, it's, it's a different type of sport where it's not like, not like as flashy. Um, my trout, uh, you, t- you go up to this, go up to someone and bring them up. They, they probably don't even know who he is. Uh, baseball has always been more of like a, a regional, a regional, uh, Form
2: of uh, call it America's, you know, America's past. Yeah, but, uh, but and that's another thing that like, they brought up on the. Sorry to cut you off, Mike. Oh. But, like, they brought that up in the podcast as well. Shows that how, can that how can MLB really have a player to appeal when none of them speak Spanish or mm-hmm. none of them speak English? I mean, mm-hmm. which again was real ridiculous. Like I said, the whole thing I took it was more
1: satirical than them really being like caring about baseball but yeah yeah. that's an interesting take because like you talk about him speaking um play the best players speaking Spanish or whatever right like I've hardly ever heard Mike Trout talk in my life like Mike Trout could be screaming like outside my door right now and I would not recognize his voice because I don't know him so I don't even think like that in of itself is like that important really and a lot of the players uh uh-huh I'm pretty
0: sure. Oh, I, I know him because he's the super pretzel guy. He's on—he's on the super pretzels that you put in the oven. I think that's the only thing I've ever seen him on, like promoting. You know the things you get—you buy the, the frozen pretzels.
2: That's the only thing I. Ever I remember. Seen. I just keep seeing him when he hit that golf, like that golf ball.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the only thing I see him like on Instagram or anywhere.
1: Yeah, and like not to take away from him as a player, like he's great. Like his numbers are like phenomenal. Like I thought, you know, we talked about. Judge winning the MVP and a rookie of the year. Like, I thought Mike Trout, like, his first year, he won rookie of the year. He should have won MVP. He ended up second also. Only reason he lost was because Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown. But Trout had had actually led the league in a lot more categories than Miguel Cabrera did. So, he, he's, like, a great player, like, regardless. But I'm just saying to put him in front and make your sport popular – like, I don't think he's that guy. But the other thing, like, to me with baseball, I don't like what they're doing is, you know, they're trying to appeal to non fans by, like, changing the rules. Like, you know, Manfred, the last couple of years, the commissioner, like, he's implanted so many different rules into the game that, like, if you look at a game from, like, 2000, from, like, 2011 and a game from, like, last year, like, you know, you see a lot of differences in how they're played. Yeah. You know, they talk about pace of play, like, oh, like people don't have the attention span, like, Joel, you said to to stick around and watch a game. Like, the games, if you watch an MLB game and a basketball game, they're, they're on for just about the same amount of time. The only difference is, is, like, baseball doesn't have a clock. So you can't say, like, oh, all right, like, there's, like, eight minutes left in this quarter so I could, like, you know, it, it should be done in like 20, you know what I'm saying? Like baseball, it's like, all right, like an inning could go like five minutes or it could go like 50 minutes, like depending.
0: Yeah, uh, MLB, uh, baseball, you know, the uh, MLB as a whole is a 19, It's a 19th century sport. You know, they, even have, they didn't have radio compared to a freaking uh, – they had newspapers only.
2: Yeah. So they could've
0: they could play played for twenty hours and then the next day like, you'd be on the train going you know, like wherever you're going then like, like the back in the day and you're like, Oh, these, this is like the bottom line. This is like what happened. It was more of like it's a very old it's, it's like a the very old world type thing where like it can go on for a forever how long. Uh NBA they they had the clock. Uh MLB uh NBA was built on a lot of t- like T V. They would like record the game and then they would air it like the next day or like later that night. Uh NFL they rely on more modern things, uh, like a time and everything. And I guess you could say we don't, people don't have the time for it, like you were
2: saying, on the intentions, man. Yeah. I think baseball is the only thing that's, like, not time, honestly, like, boxing is time, soccer is time.
0: I always joked around about that, that. You said it was outside, and, like, uh, that was one of the things where when we initiated this was about the COVID and everything, where it's outside. Yeah, but it's like, it like
2: so, it's so
0: old. Like, seems so old. Like, like he they dressed in like a, they're dressed like in this way that's like very turn of the century. Um, it's just a very it's a different it's a different sport. It's like really if you think, if I I think about this I have thought about this for a while. Like, it's just like really weird to
1: me. Like, that, you know. Okay, but talking about like the sport like today in twenty twenty um, I, you know like I think like the sport needs to focus on like the fans they already have make it better. For us, like, Joel, you're a person. You say you don't really watch any other sport at all, like, really, right? Is there anything hockey, like, if hockey just changed the rules, like, and made it, like, could they change the rules to make it more interesting for you to become invested into it?
2: Not really. Honestly, probably not. Because I've never watched it to begin with. I don't know. The origins, I don't know. All right. Do I like this better or do I like the new rules better? I I might actually like the old rules better, honestly. But it won't get me to, like, oh, let me watch hockey.
1: Okay. Football, is there anything they could change that can make it better for you to make you want to watch it more?
2: Nah. I like it just the way it is. huh?
1: Basketball?
2: Mm. I
0: don't
1: think exactly
0: the top of my head depends on that one <laughs> you're like nah
1: maybe not. exactly so like my point is it's just like it, it's really to me i always found a way to get people involved or people to want to be in things is like if the people that already like it to begin with like if you see them enjoying it you could probably be like oh all right like this looks fun like i, I want a piece of that you know what i'm saying like that's that's something that i don't think baseball has or uh, that's something that's not something like baseball's like focus on like none of the new rules really except maybe like the pitch clock or um the the uh, the instant replay oh yeah the, the intentional walks like stuff like that like that's fine but when you're like yo like we don't want, like, more bullpen or mound visits because it slows down the game and, like, a reliever has to face X amount of pitchers. So, now you don't even have, like, the remember they used to just bring in, like, a lefty specialist? You can't even do that anymore. So, now that that's already something that's that's yeah. thing from the game.
0: It was strategic. It was strategic. Like, you would have, like, your plan. Like, you would have, like, the whole – it was like, more of, like – I don't know if they say, like, football is, like, a war. Yeah. War of inches and everything. But baseball would be like, you plot out, like, things in advance. Like, you in the, in the National League, you're like, all right, so our pitcher, uh, we have him for this, and then he's up next, though, you know? So it's you like have him. to plan it out. And it's complicated sometimes just for someone who doesn't know the rules. Like I was going to say um, – mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say that where uh, – before I was going to say it uh, about changing the rules to appeal to uh, casual fans who are just going to pop in for, like, the big events and then pop out, and then you're going to piss off uh, – the diehards and like the, the, the whatever you want to call them traditionalists and everything, like you're gonna spite your tradition. You know your traditional fans just for like the the quick, the quick rating or the quick whatever. You're not gonna keep. You're gonna you're not gonna keep them. Uh, but if you, but if you keep like these traditions and like these, uh, the like the rules and everything. Like if 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 I, you know, every once in a while they would have like the world, you know, the World Cup and everything. Uh, those, those rules have been the same for hundreds of years, pretty much. You know, the, the whole clock, there's no clock. It's like they they go over time and everything. Um, you get into it though, and you ask like, oh, what? What are the rules though? And then like everyone explains it to them, and then you get into it. But then when it's not the World Cup anymore, and it's just a regular game, uh, regular match. Uh, you're still going to have your loyal fan base, and you're you're still going to be successful. You're not going to be uh, Doing what MLB is doing now, trying to scamper and figure out, like, what, how can they stay afloat with modern uh, modern uh,
1: fans and everything. Yeah, and then the other thing too is, like, the appeal to, like, non-white fans is, like, nearly existent. Um, is it nearly non-existent? Like, um, Bruce Maxwell, he's, just, like, the only player that was kneeling when, like, Kaepernick kneeled, and, like, his career was, like, basically over up until, like, the other day. Where I think like the Mets like catching depth got decimated, so they signed him to a deal. But it's like gonna be the first time he's played in like two or three years. Um, and then when the players like do the bat flip or they're overly like celebratory, you know, when it's like uh, you know, Latino or black players like over the top, like Tim Anderson last year. Like, it, it was a famous video of him and, like, the Royals get in t- getting into it because, like, he did, like, a bad flip or something. And it was, like, harmless. Like, he didn't, like, you know, antagonize the pitcher or the opposing team. He was just like, hype I hit the ball over the wall. And, like, you know, he's not, like, a home run hitter. So, it's just like, wow, like, I hit the ball really well. And, it, like, you know, like, tone it down, like, go to first. And, it's it, you know, it, it's – it's not like um it it, it it they want to suppress like the fun in it. And like in basketball, you see all of the the celebrations when they hit like a three or when they dunk on somebody, um, or even like a steal, like defensive plays when you block somebody's shot, like it's celebratory. Football, you have the celebrations when like the touchdown celebrations obviously, but like on a tackle or interception, or a broken up pass, like, it, it's thing, but in, like, baseball, it's kind of like, all right, dude, like, you did, like, the pinnacle of an at-bat, like, you hit the ball, like, 450 fucking feet, and you're not supposed to feel some type of way, or you just, like, struck out a batter while, you know, you struck out a batter for the third out while the bases are loaded, and you're supposed to just, like, walk off the mound like you did nothing you know there's, there's there's a place for everything and it's just like you know when you start taking a fun out of it it you know it's you're not going to interest other people like i don't like i don't mind sitting in a stadium or watching a baseball game for a couple of hours like if anything baseball like allows you a lot more break time than other sports cuz it's like all right like you got to wait for a timeout for you to go to the kitchen and grab a snack or it's not, you know whatever but like you know those bullpen visits you know that's the time i could like go to the bathroom or that's the time i could like go get me like a beer or something you know
0: yeah i was thinking about the the whole celebration thing hey bautista too got like shit for like flipping his bat and everything um but i think all the things that are glorified like uh, from back then like the celebrations where were. The, the opposite of celebration so it was like aggression like kicking the dirt and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. throwing things that's so you can still do that and it's just like that's part of the game you know like oh yeah which is kind of weird it's like it's not, not like in a fun way it's more of like a aggression thing but that's still kind of like an unwritten rule where you're like you can still do that you know.
1: Yeah, like That's even a little bit of short, they let you, they let you go through. Like for your batter, you could use all kind of different like bat flips and stuff like that. So in the game, it's it's like that. Like, and if I'm like playing it, and I hit a home run off of like a dude that, you know, he he wasn't giving me any pitches or like he brushed me back on the pitch before. Like the people in the house in my house would like hear me say like, yeah, a whole lot of shit. Like, as the mm-hmm. ball is like flying out, like, it's, that's that's the fun in it. But when you take the fun out, it's not that interesting. Like, if the game told me, like, let's say they ejected me, like, right after like a, a backflip because, like, it's against the unwritten rules, like, you know, I'd be like, I don't, don't want yeah. to play the show. Like, but up.
2: I feel like if they let that go, like, it's just going to be, like, imagine Stanton's. Like backflipping, like I'll pay to see that like every day. Like, you know how awesome that would be. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I ever seen Staten backflip or judge and they hit it like 500 feet. So they should allow that like that type of celebration, honestly. Like I remember games like, uh, you remember ever play slugfest? Any one of you?
1: Yeah, yeah. was like it arcade? An arcade? Yeah. A day, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, like I was like, like that was my favorite. One of my favorite games because it was just real different. It was more explosive a game than the USA, like the show or
1: MVP. Whatever.
2: Yeah, MVP baseball. You know, the Slugfest yeah. was actually way more explosive. I think it just, well, if we're going to, I'm going
0: to focus on 2020 again. Uh, cause I was going more like the bigger picture, like in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, you know, I know obviously they're trying their best to have a season go on and things keep changing. Like, Ooh, of course the, the big thing was the Marlins. Like they had like, I think it was like a, over a dozen uh, players test positive and then they had to stop playing. So basically the rules are out the window for like, whoever wins this, it's, you're going to treat them like a uh, the traditional champion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they're actually maybe using this as a way to uh, test out new rules and uh, just test things out in a more chaotic uh
2: no, like, 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 like I'll man, tell you, I'll
1: tell you some. I'll t- I'll tell you something. Like the other day, the Yankees had it was, it was like they're doing it actually right now, cause they have a doubleheader today, ha- doubleheader today. But they had one for the first time the other day, and they did the um seven seven inning doubleheader, and that's something like I wouldn't mind like regularly. Like all right, you gotta play two games in one day, might as well just shorten it. The only thing I haven't seen yet was the um the extra inning rule that they're trying out, which I don't really care for, like with the runner on second to start the inning. Or if anything, if you're going to do that, it should be a runner on second with like one out to start the inning. So that way it will prevent people from bunting because if it's a runner on second with no outs, all you have to do is bunt that batter over, bunt the runner over and then put the ball in play. Um, Fly out, or you know, uh, infield. You know, keep it on the opposite side of the infield, and that's that's the end of the game, basically.
0: Well, they, but, they've had for a long time the whole thing with the rainout. Like if you look back on the on the stats, like if it was a five inning game, it's still a win. You know what I mean? Like if it was like more, you know. So that five, really five innings is an official game. So that really doesn't hasn't affected how people look back look back at standings and. and Mm-hmm. In the last couple of decades, you know, so maybe it's all about the this, this quick the the sudden newness of it after a while it becomes like a normal it becomes normal
1: well the one and- thing about that is like they used to be kind of like arbitrary about that because there'd be games where it'd be like you know in the seventh inning and they'd call it a um they suspend the game. And pick it up at another time and then there'd be like games where it'd be five innings and it'd be an official game. So it's confusing. But this year it's like, all right, if it's five innings, it's an official game regardless. If it's any less then you know, they have to suspend it and pick it up on the next game or the next time they play each other.
0: Yeah, also I was thinking like the MLB is very, uh, like earlier I was saying it's very like old timey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the most, like, human sport. Like, it's all, like, judgment. Like, is it raining too much? You got to be a freaking meteorologist to, like, cancel a game, you know? Uh, and, and NFL, like, it would be freaking snowstorms and everything. The, you, like, the whole
2: Patriot uh the Raiders class that was in the snow. Uh, That's because, like, like, baseball, like, if you – it's dangerous if you play with, like, a wet ball. Like, it really hurts okay. players. That's the only reason
1: field, why. Yeah. On a
2: wet field. I like – Artificial, uh, what is it? Artificial turf and, and stadiums with domes, I feel like that takes away the experience too. Like, Since baseball is supposed to be outdoors. Like, out, like being in a dome for nine innings, nah, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, that's why I hate when they play in Tampa where they are right now. And I'm kind of glad I just, I'm just like looking right. over my shoulder and I don't have to watch the game because that stadium is an eyesore.
0: It's pretty bad. Maybe the ball will get lost, like in the freaking rafters
1: or the catwalk. They always uh, do that, and they have some funky ass rules. Like,
0: oh yeah, and every stadium is different. Every every ballpark is different too. That that's a unique thing to the sport as well. Like The Green Monster and all that, and like some some uh, fences are you know four hundred feet, and it's like you know different, two
2: eighty
0: five. Yeah, it's a, it's a statistical sport, and it's only getting more and more statistical. Uh, you know, stats and everything um so that's that's another thing where it's going from uh less
2: less uh structured to more um by the numbers the only so, thing that's standard really is like the, the all the baselines are still 90 feet yeah what have you things mm-hmm. like that the plate has to be i think it's like 18 inches or whatever what have you how many inches that's still you know standard but yeah like the different
1: dimensions is cool
0: yeah i like it's like in like oakland I always had that huge ass uh Foul territory, you know, like it was different. Yeah,
1: Uh, historical pictures part,
0: part, yeah. But we're talking about the casual fans. So then, if you go out there, like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. And then you have to explain it to them. Uh, With NFL, uh, you have so many uh, dark horses, and then you don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl like next year and whatever. Baseball, it's a long term thing. And uh, of course, it's a major market sport. Uh, Once a decade, you'll have like a small market team win. Um, and you're appeasing to, you know, like a Yankee, Yankees in LA um, it's hard to get like someone in like a small town back there, big team, if they know they're going to lose or like they feel whatever. So I think a lot of those, the heart of like the MLB fans back in the day, they kind of like turned away from it because they know the outcome already. NFL is a more exciting, like you don't know what's gonna happen and like in December you can have a dark horse rise and just take it and win. And you like but you know, if you have the you know, the New York Giants, like they're in a, a big market, but they became like the like Dark Horse in uh, two thousand seven and they just kept winning. But and, and like MLB it's like you wouldn't have you wouldn't even have like a crazy thing like the Rockies who went, like they about to do, be- uh,
1: no, I mean, it's you, you get like the hot team in October, you, you get that in, in baseball, it happens. Um,
0: but it takes years for them to develop into being a team that's capable of that, you know. And that, that's like the, the farm, farm the, the scouting, the farm team, and it's just like a long pro- process. That's just, I mean, if
1: you get draft luck, like the Nationals. Um, They had, like, the number one pick in back-to-back year, and they got um, Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper. And they used to be, like, perennial 100-game losers. And then all of a sudden, like, a year or two later, like, they're, like, the favorites in the NL East. And then in, you know, obviously later on, they started, you know, using tactics that were not – were not legal, the Astros, they also were, like, you know, really bad in the earlier part of the decade and then, you know, developed and turned into, like, you know, that Dark Horse team and I took time. And even, like, the Yankees, like, the Yankees had, you know, luckily they had, like, the quick turnaround because they drafted well and signed well internationally. And that's why we have, like, the Judges and the Severinos and the Garys and the Glavors and and stuff like that. So... It does happen in ba. It does happen in baseball with a surprise team. Like I said, the last episode, 2017 was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Yankees. Like that year, we really was like at best supposed to end up like in third or fourth place, like eighty something wins, and then we won ninety games, and we were one win away from the World Series. So it does have those surprising. Um, things. I think basketball is, like, the only sport where it's never really uh, like, oh, like, wow, like, I don't know how this team... until <laughs> Last year when Toronto won. All right, so guys, what do you think? Uh, does MLB need to panic, or
0: do they need to go controversial and have an outspoken uh leader? Like, a, like you were saying, no, the do, do they so need that? All
2: they really need is just to appeal to the fans who already watch the sport, because if you, you're you not going to get anybody who doesn't already like baseball to like it, there's not much you could do, man. unless you put, like, you know, like, some twerkers in there or something, like, uh, twerking cheerleaders, and then, all right, they'll watch that, honestly. Like, baseball. was <laughs> a like, an basketball. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my theory is, like, with this coronavirus and, you know, public, you know, large public crowds and – you know, the restrictions are not. that like when they find a vaccine and, you know, the restrictions are lifted and people could just go back out and be a, be about like we were before all of this. Baseball is like in the best position because, you know, the tickets are cheap. It's every, you know, there's games virtually every day. So you're going to get a lot more people out and about, like, in the stadium, around the stadium. You know, here in New York, like, you'll see people at Billy's, and you'll see people at um, Stands, and you see people at, like, the Dominican spot we hang out at. Like, I don't know what's going on in Queens, but you'll see people, like, all over City Field and stuff like that. Like, it's going to be huge, and baseball's going to have that advantage, I think. I mean it probably won't show up in like the TV revenue but like in the 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 gate sales and stuff like that I think like they'll bounce back a lot quicker than other sports because when the NBA comes back it's not going to be any less expensive. Football is always going to be the most expensive shit the most expensive um ticket. So I think baseball has that advantage and they have to pounce on it but you also during this time you have to popularize the spur, the the sport and, you know, personally, I don't really feel like Manfred is, like, the guy to do it, unfortunately. But, you know, how how often do they just change commissioners? Not often. So, uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. Long reigns. Commissioners have long reigns. Uh... Well, they work for the owners, so it's up to the owners if they don't want that person. And virtually, like half the league doesn't even want to like win. Like they just oh,
0: yeah. that's a whole other that's a whole yeah. other
1: issue. Yeah, like they are not even trying to win. So I mean that's also something I could factor into the po- the popularity of the sport also.
0: There's it's there's so many things to talk about with baseball and like how the, the how they could be more successful. Um yeah with uh the money issue. Like the, like the, the what do you call that again? The revenue share thing. What does it call again?
1: Revenue sharing. Yeah. And luxury tax and all that nonsense. Competitive balance tax, as they call it.
0: Yes, yeah, so you would have less parity. I mean, you would have more parity if uh, there was more money being thrown around in these small smaller markets.
1: Yeah, and like that competitive balance tax is like a height of bullshit because it's like, all right, we're gonna tax you for spending money and then give that money to teams that don't want to spend money. And you know, it's a whole mess.
0: Again, it just shows you how detailed the sport is. And, you know, casual fan, they would be like, okay, like what? You know. So. Yeah.
1: Anything uh, else? Maybe,
0: y'all? Yeah. We all agree that we, sh- they should just stick to uh, work on their own issues and not try to create more issues by trying to appeal to fans that aren't even going to stay on board more than,
2: it, it, it just don't take away too much. It, it don't take away anymore Just try to fix what's already there Stop taking things away That's what makes it worse
1: Yeah man So I've been Seeing this um, advertisement Or I've seen promos and different Pictures from this show Called P-Valley That just started a couple of weeks ago On stars if you have stars um, If you don't You could you know Ask a friend that has stars and use their login and steal from them. Who cares? You need to be entertained in times like these.
0: We'll do a sweepstakes for
1: our fans. Start following us and we'll we'll give you one of
0: our uh codes. Yeah. Or we could okay?
1: yeah, we, could give, yeah, we could give away like a subscription or a free trial. Um Yeah, but like I I, I looked in I, I went into it because You know, as a warm-blooded man, you know, I see in, like, this tall, like, statuesque, light-skinned, you know, body of a goddess chick Um, all over the the stuff. I wasn't even sure if she was, like, you know, like a main character or a side character or the side of third, so I had to watch it to see her, and, you know what I surmised from seeing like promos and stuff was like, it took place in a strip club. So last weekend had the house to myself, you know, I, you know, was here like sitting, drinking beers and watching baseball and stuff like that. And I popped on the first two episodes on Friday, last Friday and The third and eventually the fourth episode Because the fourth episode like popped on at like midnight So the fifth one is going to pop off on midnight tonight We're, you know, recording on Saturday But I thought it was, you know, I started watching the show And I was like, wow, like, you know, you watch one Then you got to watch two, then you got to watch three Then you got to watch four And then you become really invested into it And I wanted to dig into it so of course, I had up my boys here, Joel and Mike, and I was like, "Yo, you gotta watch the show P Valley. Like, you gotta check it out." So both of them, since last week, have watched, and we're pretty much all caught up. All four of us, we have watched. I mean, all you know, all three of us, we watched all four episodes. So I wanted to hear you guys take, and hopefully, we could get guys put onto it. Like I said, I got my sister, I got my sister and my brother-in-law into it. I'm trying to get my stepdad into it because he, he usually likes like stuff like that, so he, he he's probably gonna check in. So that's how with my my girlfriend actually
2: like cause she knew about it before. Thank God she was actually shocked that I wanted to watch it at first. I'm like, why? Is this like a chick thing? Is it like a girl thing? And she said, eh, not really. But you know, long story short, we ended up watching it, and I'm like, oh okay, this is a stripper show. This is what I like, kind of interesting. And like one of the characters, the main character, she's actually in Harry Potter. Like I recognized her right away. I was like, oh, okay. He's the like again. I just watched this a little. So, like I'm not good with the names. What's her name again, Shug, uh, On the show.
1: Um, Autumn. Autumn. There we go. Yeah. Like, I'm
2: still like uh, I'm still like you know catching up on the names, but um, I just like the whole direction of the show. I'm, think it was uh you know it was a woman director too attached to it which is pretty cool the black woman director
1: yeah it's a black woman creator and like the interesting thing is every episode is directed by a woman like exactly. so when you talk about representation and opportunity for female directors like this is the story I, I believe her name right hope i'm not getting her name
2: yeah katori, katori
1: hall. hall yeah she's okay. the creator of it and I, i'll Alarica Johnson is who plays Autumn.
2: Yep. Yeah, I'm watching the show and I just like the whole direction. Uh, it gives a more in depth um, kind of view on the strip club. Like me and Chug, you know, we, we from the Bronze we frequent uh, you know, strip clubs out here, a couple of them. We double. Yeah, you know, we've been to a few. But how I
1: how I explained it to you guys or or characterize it to you guys, I was like it's like players club without the comedy. Or if the comedy is in there, it's like comic relief. It's not right. it's not like it's it's a full on like drama. But it, it, the other thing, the difference between that and players club is like it doesn't focus solely on autumn. It focus you know, it, Mercedes is also like the veteran strip club, the, the veteran stripper at the club. And you got like the OG. The, yeah, and then you got like the naive um Miss Mississippi, aka Miss M I crooked letter, I crooked letter, crooked letter. I don't know, I can't say it. It's too many letters.
2: Yeah, M I crooked letter, crooked letter, hump back, hump back, crooked letter, crooked letter. Ah. There you go. <laughs> I think I spelled it wrong, but I said it like like I spelled Mississippi wrong.
1: But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then you got um Uncle Clifford, who is a very flamboyant um the the flamboyant gay owner. Like he wears like lace fronts, and he has like a room that's like lit. You know, his his own room is like sky blue lit, and it has like a cloud bad type of thing like it's it's one of them things like you have to watch it to know what I'm talking about but he steals every scene like I'm not gonna front you I mean I I don't know if I'm gonna come off like you know because I don't know how sensitive people are when they listen to this but you know you you see a character yeah you see a character like that like it's off-putting to me or it's just not something that like attracts me and I see you know if I would have popped on and saw Uncle Clifford like I'd probably been like all right this show is not for me like you know, move to the next thing, but like as I watch all four episodes, like Uncle Clifford is probably like the scene stealer of the whole show. Cause every time like he's he's on, like you gotta watch. And I thought like the interesting thing is like, you know, they could have went like the the um a stereotypic route and like call him like auntie or something, but he's he's Uncle Clifford.
0: Yeah, empowered. I was saying it's like, he's like a, a masculine woman. Like um I'll make it into how my uh, I see uh episode one, but everything you guys were saying is how I feel too. It's like an ensemble cast. Yeah. And it's like a workplace it's a workplace. It's a it's a community. And it's these characters that run around and they and they have this whole experience. But with Uncle Clifford, uh yeah, at first you're like, Oh wow, this is wow, this is something different. Um uh but no I think like uh, it's played by Nico Anon. Uh, every scene I see him in and I'm like this is wonderful it's not one di- it's not one-dimensional uh, every time you, you see the character uh, it gets more complex it's not just like a like a character just to like oh this is you know this is something different you know it's more intricate than that that's why I he's like one of my favorite characters in the in the series so far
1: yeah, and, like, uh, what I had told Mike is, or the thing that I take from the show is, this is one of the things when you let Black creators create, this is the type of thing you get because, you know, no offense to anyone, but this is something I I think only, like, a Black person could have, like, thought, ho- thought of and, like, executed. And stars like, historically has been... I mean, well, not historically, but as recently as they've started, been they've started doing like original content. They've been giving a lot of black creators like power, which is something me and Joelle watched. Um, they had a bunch of other shows that were like you know mainly black cast and black crew on the channel that have done well. So, you know, it's nice to see you know black represent representation not just on screen but off screen and the creative in in the creation of it in the writer's room and the direction and all of that
0: all right so in the so i watched it last night and i jumped into the first episode Mm -hmm. uh and uh i come from a background in like tv tv writing and everything and instantly i saw a lot of uh uh homages to different styles and uh, I actually told Shug last night. It, it actually reminded me of a like, a western, a modern western, uh, because it starts off—no uh, spoilers uh, intended—but starts off. The uh, autumn night appears. Uh, she's basically like coming from like the, the wild. Like she's like a uh, kind of like a refugee, and she's on a bus, and they stop off in a gas station.
1: Like a drifter.
0: A and- drifter, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But uh, someone without a home anymore all going off into like the unknown and that's a that's a that's a trope in uh, a lot of westerns where she's getting off a bus and you can also say that's like a stagecoach she sees the lights in the in the distance and instead of going to where she assumes is going to be you know the same place that she was before she goes off and try to make her own in a way um, and then she shows up in this place like interesting characters and in my mind I always oh, it reminds me of like a saloon brothel Right. Of, like, the West, and then Uncle Clifford. Uncle Clifford is like the madame. Uh, if even in the 30s, the speakeasies like right. the Queen Bee, uh, so then you could tell, like, Uncle Clifford is like the one who runs the show. Uh, all these interesting characters, a lot of like tough looking dudes, uh, tough looking women. Uh, you see one authority figure, like the traditional authority figure, as a cop, and he uh, he gets paid off, and you don't see anyone. Who would be the typical, uh, you know, authority, overseer, like local? You know, they're gone, so basically they're in their own world now, uh, but they have their own rules and a code that they all abide by, Um, and it's it's very intricate, uh, but everyone knows like what they, what what's expected, and it all takes place in this in in Pussy Valley, the club. and they have like their own shows and like they have their own routines. And that's where they go out there and uh they throw down and just it just reminds me of the Western. Did you get did you get that vibe from it, Chuck?
1: Yeah, now that you explained it, yeah, it did. And it it kinda had like kinda um well, you got like the Western from it, which I love because you know, I love Westerns, but I also got like a like a film noir, like uh nineteen forties you know the type of movies that would come into the nineteen forties you got like the femme fatale I think um Mercedes even calls um autumn that in one episode like all right miss French light-skinned L- L- femme fatale bitch or something like that she says to <laughs> she says about her um yeah that comes up and then like it j- j- goes from the
0: western and jumps into this whole film noir thing and you have like a, a a private eye sort of with the the guy with the camera he gets introduced eventually and that that made me think of like, like a like a '30s uh, uh, the you know the, the film noir type movie. Uh, why is he there? Um, and then they get involved with the femme fatale, Autumn. Uh you know, camera. You you'd watch these old movies, and it was always about a guy like spying on someone. You know, that's why I appreciate it as like a someone who appreciates film and uh, classic TV and film. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I appreciate this show as well.
1: Yeah, and then they had um the interesting thing with um, the interesting thing with Uncle Clifford was they had um this rapper comes in, you know, like he's a um up and coming rapper, uh basically just local, probably just selling, you know, his mixtape out on the street, SoundCloud rapper. Uh no disrespectful if you no disrespect if you listen to us on SoundCloud, but you know, SoundCloud rapper. And uh, he's trying to get his, his stuff like played in a club. So he links up with like the DJ and the DJ is like a freaking like 15-year-old kid.
2: And a comedian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I, people. Like, the one guy, I think one of my favorite shots was he says something about the guy with the fubu. And they showed the guy in the fubu and he's just like, oh man. Because like keep holding out on wearing the fubu jersey. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, a
2: comedian.
0: Now, every strip club would always have like a comedian. That's, that's where stand-up came from, the strip joints.
1: Yeah, and um, what? so he ends up like you come to find out like he's on the download, which um, Joel, we talk about like hip hop, like it's a lot of like you know rappers that you know are on the download. Yeah, so they 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 do that like little um. They do our little storyline where he sleeps, you know. Or he he gets into like a secret, down low relationship with Uncle Clifford, and Uncle Clifford starts playing his stuff in a in the club. And his stuff, like in the last episode, they had like a really um nice um dance routine, or one of the strippers does her routine to his music. But like artistically, like with the colors, like they use the color blue. And just like the blue on a black skin, it just looks like artistically, music-wise, scene-wise, visually, it was like a really captivating scene. And that was at the end of episode four.
0: Yeah, so when he's first introduced, a little murder, that's his name, Uh, the entanglement he has with uh, Uncle Clifford. Uh, But yeah, but I'm going to bring it back for the first episode, I'm saying with the tropes. Like with the, the noir and like Western tropes, um, he he came in there like top dog. And like he came in there just trying to walk in, and then we have Diamond, who's like the bouncer. Uh, he represents. He, you find out that he's actually a vet, and he represents the, a lot of characters were always like ex-soldiers and everything. And he's kind of the guy who's he is the the guy who tries to protect everyone in the club. Mm-hmm. And the the rapper reminded me of kind of like a, a like an outlaw famous like gunslinger coming in here and that just made me think of uh all the things I love about westerns and stuff and that's where if you're not into this culture like you like if you don't know anything about it that's something that draws you in too um but yeah this is it's Mississippi it's a there's a whole back there's a whole uh cultural history with this um so it's like even if you don't know anything about that and you just like kind of trans you can transition into this And uh, understand what's going on just with the following those type of tropes
1: and then you know there's uh, there's so many like mysteries like you got Mercedes and her mom who her mom's like the deacon at the church and she's trying to like start her own well she wanted to to have like a sermon at the church that she's at but the pastor refuses to give it to her i assume because her daughter's a stripper but what her mother does is like she takes her she takes the money that mercedes makes as a stripper and uses it as contributions in the in the church and takes it away from mercedes so mercedes doesn't really have like any money for herself or you know, to to do the things like she aspires to do, which is she wants to start a dance studio or dance academy for young girls. So, and that's another thing, like, I like about the show because, you know, people talk about, like, respect towards, like, sex workers, you know, strippers, porn stars, escorts, whatever. But th- this show, like, shows, like, you know, like, these people have lives, too, and they're regular, like, people. Like, they yeah, this is what they do for a means, but they shouldn't be, like, disrespected for it. They're hustlers, and they're just using what they got. Mm-hmm. That's what that is.
2: Right. But- because <laughs> a lot of people, they they put themselves in, like, a relationship with them in their heads, and then they're like, oh, no, I don't want to take this. you better got change this about yourself. That's the problem, you know, that people have when it comes to strippers. It's like, automatically, like, you're in a relationship with a stripper. Understandably, she looks good, but Understand, she's not going to change
1: her lifestyle for
0: you, right? But right. I'm and sorry. Then. I love that relationship though between the Mercedes and her mom. Uh, so basically, like Mercedes is in between. Like you find out that her mom, uh, she's she's doing like her own. Uh, she's like preaching, or she's like she's doing something in a church, and she's saying, "I was, uh, I lived that lifestyle. I live the simple lifestyle." And but now she's like in the church now. Like repent, uh, you need to repent. Then it cuts to Mercedes. You find out that uh, she Mercedes is kind of like the in between, between like the mother and then the daughter, and she's living this lifestyle and she's working like as a sex worker. Like, and it's not it's it's being sexual in an unsexual environment. Now she has the the, her daughter and her other and her friends at the troop, the the dance youth group that she's uh, working with, and she's kind of translating the whole it's an art, the art form of the erotic dancing into something more positive. And it's kind of like generational where like you start off somewhere and then you build on it and, and then hopefully you do what you got to do and then eventually it's going to be more a different type of, it would be more positive and positive, quote unquote.
1: And then when you talk about like the Western thing too, like in a lot of Westerns, like the plot would be like, you know, the farm, the farmer, uh, the small town, the small time farmer, and then there's a big like land baron that wants to like take their land from them. So you come to find out like there's a the mayor and um, some casino owners want to take the land on which um P Valley is on top of. You know, basically demolish it and build their casino over it, because apparently like P Valley is like close to the um close to the water. And I guess, like down there in Mississippi, like the, the only way you could, yeah, the only way you could build a casino is if it's on top of the water. For, um, I guess that's the, the, um, whatever limitations, um, uh, Mississippi and the Delta, you know, Louisiana, Alabama, those places have on where you could have, um, casinos. Cause I know when I was down in Louisiana, I went to, a casino down there and it was pretty much like On like the coast um, Between Texas And Louisiana But it's a lot of different mysteries In the show because you talk about Diamond The, the bouncer and it kind of looks Like him and Miss Mississippi You know they they kind of Have like a little on on What do you call that? Unsung Thing or, or whatever Like a little romantic tension
0: Relationship a prior Relationship
1: no or, oh, yeah. or or like they're building towards it because she oh, has she, she always comes in with a baby so it makes you wonder like where the hell like the child's father is and by looking at like the previews for tonight's episode um you know her child's father is going to appear and I'll tell you Mike he is of the Caucasian variety so you you will be well represented tonight sir hey cool does that mean <laughs>
0: I don't I don't I identify with energies and spirits. Like I'm I'm an Uncle Clifford guy. Come on.
1: <laughs> one, uh, but remember in the last one we said you, you said like he's not white like me, so hopefully if uh, <laughs> he's a bad guy, he's not white like you. Like and if he's a good guy, he is white like you.
0: There you go.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah with the uh, character and then the storyline. Uh, I'm I'm fully invested in, but I'm also a big visual. I'm a big visual guy for a uh, big big visual guy for storytelling and in the very first episode there's a scene where uh Autumn Night, uh she's in her like little like a flop house and she's drinking and she's looking at her phone and obviously it's like her daughter it's yeah she's like a, a daughter and her phone breaks she breaks her phone with with the spills liquor on it and she starts crying and she's on her knees and at like the shot they use, like you see a little light coming through, it looked like a church, like you would see like in the, like an old western thing. Where like, and she's on her knees, like screaming her lungs out, like calling out to like the the Lord or whatever. And then like her scream is a graphic match into Mercedes' mom uh, at, at church, like scream uh, shouting her lungs out, praying in a way. And that was one of the first things in the show that I saw, and I was like, all right. I, I buckled down. I was like, all right, I'm into this. I love shows, that, a series that are like multi layered, you know, because it's not just a story, not just characters, not like a just like dialogue. It's like three dimensional. That's why I think uh, if people look at this show and they're like, oh, it's a strip club, you know, it's whatever. No, it's like, it's deeper than that.
1: Yeah, this is like, it keeps you hooked because, like, I want to know what's up. It has a five, it has yeah. a
0: five reading right now, a five out of 10.
1: But you see, that's that's a thing, too. And, I, I like, when we talk about, like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, it's, like, you got to think of, like, you know, it has these, like, low ratings, like, critically, but it's, like, who are the critics? Is it somebody that would understand, Um, you know, the comedy of a sunny? Is it somebody that would understand, like, the dramatic weight of a show like a P-Valley? Maybe not.
0: And then you got to worry about them pulling the
1: plug on the show it does, it, that doesn't pull in the
0: numbers but again but stars is catering to uh like we were saying like power and everything and obviously there's like a there's a audience built-in audience who already are established watching whatever shows they pop out and now you have the word of mouth uh that, that's that's going to spread it's very easy now to get into a show especially now with streaming uh like me i i would never just like flip to the channels and like see stars but someone mm-hmm. told me about it. Popped
2: it in. Watched four. There you go. Joel, I just like the. It kind of gives, gives a behind-the-scenes. You know how strip clubs are running. That's what I like, you know, most about the show. Yeah, you would assume uh, they just go in and dance. You know, it's a whole art to stripping. Like um, at the routines they were doing on the pose. They like going, you know, doing a. Um, like sliding down from top of the pole all the way down and doing it, like, pausing in between the same way is like, a whole art. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that, um, let's just say it's a rookie stripper and um, Mercedes, for example, the OG stripper, you could actually see that they're actually teaching. It's just not a whole bunch of cattiness involved or a bunch of arguing involved. It's actually, like, um like a team effort, in a way. Good. So they, These strippers aren't just stripping they just obviously they have some type of camaraderie with each other as well as um you know the club owner it's all a business at the end of the day it's more it's deeper than them just showing their asses showing their titties and that's what everybody assumes of strip clubs but that's what I like most about the show that it really takes you like in in in-depth analysis like if I was to ever run a strip club now I know at least how to go about it a little bit from this show
0: right you got the back room you got that back room yeah the trinity i believe it's the holy trinity the trinity that dance routine oh the moly and hell like magnificent shot it's like it's the showgirls too like the thing in the vegas that was like a performance too not just a person to, you know uh, i've been to a few establishments mm-hmm. uh, my first one i went to was in the bronx um but yeah so it's like this whole fantastic routine uh it's like a give and take too. like like it's
2: like, it's like a weird, it's like a, like a, it's like Cirque but naked.
1: Yeah, but like, well, not, not, like that.
2: I'm exaggerating, but like the whole idea of them just freestyling on a, you know, on a, kind of
0: cool. Well, it's like, like Boogie Nights is about porn, uh, the porn industry, but it's not sexual. They walk around and it's like, every, like they're walking around naked and they just like talk about like everyday things. It's like sexual, something that you think was sexual, but it's like desexualized. That's why they have a great that that scene with the baby like with, like, that's showing like where it's like different degrees of like, nudity doesn't and nudity does not in does not, it's not like sexual. It
1: doesn't always have to be sexual. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because like, I mean, it, yeah. um, like when I used to like when I watched boogie nights for the first time, like when I was in like high school, it was like oh like yeah, it's just, it's it's like porno, but you know, yeah. But you know, watching it as an adult, it's like. You know, like I watched I you know I watched Boogie Nights last night. I told you, Mike, and I just watched it. I was like a movie, you know. I was like, all right, you know, quick sex scene the the second third, and then P Valley is interesting because when I watched the first episode, or well, when my my sister and my brother in law were watching the, the first episode, I was like, oh, you know, interesting thing. Like it's like a show about strippers or whatever, but you don't see. Like, I only think you've seen titties like one time in it. But then I kept on coming out and checking out, checking them, checking in on them, like which episode they were on. And it was like, yo, there's like a lot of titties on there. Like, you, you lied. And it's like, you know, watching it, I'm like, yeah, probably because I'm so invested in the show. Like, I forget, like, they're like nude, you know? Yeah, that's a, does that a story make
0: sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, in real life, I have a story, real quick. It was in uh north of the, it was in Montreal stroke club. Right. And uh I went there awesome. young.
1: Sounds what? awesome. I <laughs> said sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, so like of course we were there's this whole thing, like this whole performance from like, you know, I was like nineteen and we were like, Oh, this is awesome, like, you know, uh it was it's always like a bucket list thing, which is ironic because in Montreal they don't have paper money, they have coins, so there's a bucket in front of them he you, you toss it you toss oh. coins, at <laughs> you coins at them. But uh anyway, so that happened. Um I broke off with my buddies, and I was coming back from at like, the bathroom, and the same women that were like, oh, these like, these sirens they are like these like a beautiful objects. I see them afterwards walking like dudes like with the high heels on, completely naked, six foot two, yeah. everything, you know, walking around like there's like going to the freaking gas station. Going, well, that was a wasted time of the money. Like, <laughs> like it was like you, I were, like, oh, the curtain was pulled, yeah. and they were just. It was just like they were walking around like you know, like, scratching them. I was like walking around, it, you know. So that always stuck with me uh because it's like it, it is a industry, and uh yeah I mean I'm not into I'm actually not into like erotic establishments I'm not into circles really uh but my experiences and the few of them that I've been to really i got I, I got that vibe like instantly where it's, like with p valley words it's, it's an arena, and they are backstage just doing whatever having conversations. And they walk out there and then they become these like, characters or like these like, beauties and everything. So,
1: yeah. You know. yeah. Joel, since, since Mike said like a, a story about a strip club, you want to tell, tell them ours and why we, we, we wouldn't go back to Sin City?
2: Sure. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> like, it was like we came, what was it after? Because obviously I'm going to just like skim through it. like. But we was at a Yankee game after the Yankee game. We walk in, uh, you know, about to go to the train, and we get approached by these, I guess they were promoting it was
1: strippers.
2: strippers were, yeah, it was strippers or, yeah. either they it was strippers or promoters, but they gave us a flyer, because, like, after the Yankee game, I think you get in free or something, or whatever the case might be, or drinks or something after the Yankee game. So, we, you know, we, after the Yankee game, we said, okay, we go, we're at the Yankee game, or... We, club we get approached by these two badass Dominican strippers I'm not gonna lie they were bad but like yeah so again long story short we sitting down getting lap dances but for some reason it's not like every two minutes the song changes It's like another like $100 or $50 obviously I'm exaggerating but we just have to keep paying money every single time and then obviously I am I speak Spanish so well uh, I'm hearing them clearly saying, like, we're going to keep dancing until, like, we just have no more money.
1: Yeah.
2: Because it was literally just, you know, they were just dancing on me and Shug, and nobody else. But, uh you know, I like, I'm like, I'm, this ain't about to happen to me. Like, you're not about to, like, take all my money. So, like, that's when I was, you know, obviously I told one of the strippers, like, listen, like, and mind you, as a man, I felt like shit by like, doing it. But I'm like, listen, like, I ain't got no damn money like that, like, for real. Neither does my friend. And then they just, like, you know, it was all good after that, obviously. But, yeah, it was kind of, like, the hustle thing. I understand it, but don't try to, like, do it in front of me. Like, you know what I mean? Don't try to finesse
1: it. Yeah, because, like, they didn't know you spoke Spanish, and they just, like, assumed, like, they was just going to, like, communicate that they were going to, like, freaking empty your wallets out yeah, like, and I heard that, like, I'm like, damn,
2: okay, <laughs> but not me though, not us. not a, yeah. So I guess the
0: series is very authentic, we could say, because there's a lot of things that would happen, in our own know, stores, our, 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 our uh, infrequent, infrequent visits to these establishments, like uh, Autumn when she gets wasted one episode. Whenever you go to one, you see them, they're downing drinks. But if I had to do something like that, you know, I would be drinking all the time too or do whatever, you know, which is its sad, but uh, I had, to, I had that, that type of experience too. Uh, but I'm sure uh, whoever's behind this, um, they have a, a per, like actual experiences and very authentic, which is, it's not just for like tit and ass type of uh, show. It's deeper than that. Right. It's coming, that's coming from, uh, you know, people that might watch something like that,
1: but, you know. Yeah, so moving from P Valley and strip clubs, we're going to talk about chicks on movies and stuff like that when we were kids that uh, we thought were like hot and we're always going to be hot. So now we're going to talk about them in our adulthood. Yeah, so the other day I was on Netflix and I saw Clueless was on there and I think they had taken Clueless off like for like a while and I guess they just put it back on so I watched it for like the first time in like 10 years so I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid um because it came out in 1995 so I was like five years old and so I watched it then and I kind of had like the same feelings like watching it like maybe when I was like 17 18 but when I watched it the other day, I kind of picked up on a lot more of the jokes and, and stuff like that. But the one thing that's always been clear to me is that, Jesus Christ, Alicia Silverstone was a fucking fox. She was fine as hell. So I, I texted um Mike and I told him, I was like, yeah, like, man, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone was like bad as hell back in the 90s, man. And he was like, yeah, like, Shug, sure, maybe you should do like a like a ode or a tribute to Alicia Silverstone and we we talked about i was like man like i could talk about Alicia Silverstone for days but let's talk about like all of these chicks from like the 90s that were like everywhere and were like beautiful but you you don't really see them too much today or you see them like um you know in recurring things but you don't see them as regularly as you did in the 90s and then, like another thing I, I i told him was like britney murphy god rest her soul like they tried to make her out to be like the ugly duckling but like in looking back at it, at, at it as an adult like britney murphy was like probably the second finest chick in the movie Agreed. Really? So, yeah so Pretty i
0: britney murphy you
1: had Stacey Dash and you had the uh the Reddit. Yeah, I don't know her name. She's a
0: lot she's she's She was actually in the show, I think.
1: Yeah, she, she was, was probably... like the only her and Stacey Dash were like the only two people that, that continued on the T V show, right? You're
0: kidding me. I didn't
1: know that I didn't know she did that too. Yeah, Stacey Dash was on there. They replaced Sharon. and they replaced like the father twice. <laughs> twice in, I think it was like two seasons long and they had like her dad was like um, the, the bad guy from Harlem Knights in one season, and then the second season it was like Eric Roberts or it was somebody that looked like Eric Roberts. It was like a handsome dude. It, it, it just yeah, didn't make sense funny. to me. Yeah, bro, so, yeah but good
2: point.
0: Yeah, good point about the ugly ducking thing, though, because as a kid, I always liked the one that was less, you know, less uh, ideal, I mean, whatever, like the vision of like, you know, the beauty. A little quirky. I like the quirky ones, but uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I just like started compiling a list of names like off the top of my head and, you know, in collaborating with uh, these gentlemen here, came up with a bunch of other lists. And then, like I said, a lot of these people, like they'll pop up, a lot of these women will pop up in different things like you see now and then you just remember about them. So my list grew like a lot between um what was that Wednesday or Thursday and now so of course Alicia Silverstone let's talk about her like um the crush we talked about the film where she was um like a teenager and she was like infatuated with her neighbor and it was like a lolita yeah it was like a character yeah, it was like a thriller because you know those those type of films were very popular in like the '90s, like *Poison Ivy* and um, *Basic Instinct* and stuff like that. With like you know the film the film *Fatal*. Right,
0: as a kid, so, like *The Crush* was one of the movies where I first saw her and but it was one of those movies where like you'd see it late at night, and it was like looking back, it was like a hard PG-13. It wasn't this one, and when you're like five, six, seven, I'm watching that, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty. This is some pretty. Scant- this is some scandalous stuff I'm watching here. Uh, but looking back, it's like, a, it's like a hard PG-13. But it always stuck with me and I always remember that movie being Delicious Silverstone and that type of... That's one of those films where I was like 5, 6, 7 watching that like late at night on cable and it, like it stuck with me because I was like, wow, this is some scandalous scandalous stuff I'm watching here. And looking back now, it's like it's like a hard PG-13. Nothing too crazy. But it had a bigger impact on me because i was so young and same with all the other these uh females women that stuck with us all those times just because it happened at a young age and they just stay with you um so besides her uh, what else uh who else who else came to mind joel for me
2: honestly it was not so much tv stars it was more like wrestlers that i and they weren't even like really nineties wise. Well but, but like wrestlers like Trish Stratus and Lita, uh stacy keeler those those are like ones that like I really were looking at. Not so much T V stars. But in tv I mean, you know I can name Raven Simone, uh T and Tamara, just a few of them, you know. But mostly just like a lot of wrestlers, with like hotties from wrestling. It's like what
0: where are they now? Yeah T and Tamara when I was a kid. But I was more of a Tia guy than a Tamara
2: guy. I don't know.
1: I really couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> I could tell them apart. I don't,
2: they weren't identical. I could tell them apart.
1: Okay,
2: was
0: fucking
1: around. But yeah, I was, um, I was Roger. I was Roger. You know, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take it anywhere. I'll get it with, with Tia and Tamara. <laughs> but, identify, um, identify with Roger. Yeah, you know what's mad funny? Um, Joel, you know the song "Real Sisters" from Future song. Uh, you know, I don't know that song. Do I saw real sisters? Well, people I listen like I I seen like a meme, and it had a picture of Roger, and like the hook of that song is like you know Future says he you know he he's fucking with girls he don't care if like they're real sisters. So it was like a picture of um Roger, and he was like it it was like the first dude that didn't care that they was real sisters. So that shit always used to make me laugh. But um before I end um we stopped talking about alicia silverstone what i had told mike was like her career or popularity kind of waned after um batman and robin uh no pun intended on the Wayne part but you know even in that movie like joel schumacher god rest his soul kept it like consistent because you know they would have the over-the-top scene of them putting on like their suits and they'd, he'd do like a like a close-up of, like, their chest and, like, their butt, you know, and he'd do that for, like, the dudes, because, you know, he was was gay. But he did it also for Alicia Silverstone, so I always appreciate Joel Schumacher for doing that. But, um, Boogie Nights, Heather Graham. Yeah, so,
0: um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I was kind of ranking them, like, you know, I said, like, uh, what did I say? I said, like, um, Alicia Silverstone was, like, a Poor man's Drew Barrymore, and then like a Drew Barrymore. Or, no, no, I said like Heather Graham's a poor man's Lucha Silverstone. So like I said, I was like doing like a ranking, and like they all remind me, and they're all like in those type of movies in the 90s. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So Heather Graham, she fell off. I mean, you're sort of in the
1: hangover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for, oh, yeah. Nia, Nia Long, um, Boys in a Hood, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, female. A lot of different stuff. She was in one of those on um, screen movies, right? Or I would know what you did last summer. Or mm, nah, me along now. Nah. I don't think. Like, oh no, I know, that was. That was I know then. Brandy
2: was. Brandy was in. Uh, yeah, it know? was. It was Brandy. Brandy versus uh, Jason. Nah,
1: no, the uh, favorite that was Kelly, Kelly. Rowland. Kelly Rowland. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah Kelly Rowland. Nah, yeah. Brandy was in. But Brandy wasn't. In... I still know what you did last summer.
2: Yeah. Speaking Spring, of another Spring person,
1: Another person, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt.
2: Oh, yeah. She was in, you know, Boy Meets World, uh, Topanga Lawrence. Or yeah. Daniel Fisher. Yeah, I,
1: I got Daniel Fisher on here. Yeah. True story. Like, uh, one time when I was in school back in Pittsburgh, I had to work at Macy's. And, like, one of the HR chicks was, like, she looked like a blonde version of um, Topanga. Tapanga. And, like, she was, like, the top three, like, finest women I've ever seen in my life. So, if she's listening, like, you know, look your boy up.
2: Subscribe. Uh, comment below. <laughs> yeah. IG, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hit them DMs. If you're going
0: to talk about Topanga, all right, I was going to go with more older women. But, like, as a kid, obviously, everyone was older women. Uh, with my first crush was a Nickelodeon show, Alex Mack. Alex Mack, the chick played Alex Mack for some reason. Now, like oh, um,
1: Larissa Olenek.
0: Yeah, but like now, but I was like, I was like, you know, kid and she was was only like ten. So I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about, really. Um, A woman who was a
1: mature woman, still nineties. I got, I got women on here that were like fourteen when I was like six. Like really money, like
2: child stars, like yeah, that like, I could think of. I'll, and on, on top of it, I always like the older women anyway. I was looking for tits yeah, like, see, virtually... like I said, most of the wrestlers, like Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus well, I used to love her. I wonder not where she at now. <laughs> uh, I think she's doing yoga or something. I don't know. Yeah, like uh, a fitness. She person. Got too much pain or something. You probably got like old lady knees, you know? <laughs> All oh, that wrestling. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, about old lady niece. <laughs> oh, you know that wrestling takes a toll on the body.
1: It does. Oh, Denise Richards. I was I watched like this goofy ass movie last night. I'm pretty sure Mike knows of it. It was like Tanya. What's it called? Tanya and the T Rex. And like Denise is Richards is in it. Is that Mama I- Whoopi? Nah, I know the movie you're talking about, but it like it's a obscure, stupid ass movie. Like it's been on like the movie channels like the the last couple weeks. Like she had a boyfriend because I saw it was like Paul Walker was was in it, so I was like, oh, like let me see if Paul Walker's in it. But like at this point, like Paul Walker had played her boyfriend, got killed, and his brain was put into a T Rex. and it's like as dumb as it as I'm descri- as it sounds describing it, it's how as dumb as it was. But yeah, Denise Richards, you know, um Wild Things. Yeah,
0: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I remember that. They actually made fun. I think they made fun of this movie on one of those uh like mystery science theater type things.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. It? But yeah, Are Wild you? Wild Things and you I didn't even have it on my list, but we brought it up twice. Nev Campbell, Scream. She was in Wild Things too. She was another like forgotten hottie, you know, party of five with Jennifer Love Hewitt. So she's a six degrees of separation type of person. Used to
2: like uh, Amanda Bynes too. And then, you know, she went just at shit crazy a little bit. I think she's out right now, though. Uh, but she's one of them.
1: Okay.
0: I had Neff Campbell. I had Neff Campbell too. Uh, because the biggest thing in the '90s were like horror movies. She right. was part of it, you know. Uh, someone who chose to get out of the spotlight—that I always had a thing. I always loved. Uh, I saw—I saw the movie in the 2000s, though. I didn't see it in the '90s. Uh, Bridget Fonda and Jackie Brown. Okay. And then she just saw about 20 years ago, and I just had—I just like that that type. I'm not Tarantino. I'm not like a foot fetish guy, but the whole thing about her feet. I just like her whole vibe in it. And, yeah.
2: uh
0: She had a look. You know, it was like a of yeah. So, server check,
2: you know. Uh, Britney Spears is another one for me. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. Britney. You know, I had her picture when I was in third grade. I had her picture, like, framed. I bought I her was CD. sitting at my desk. Me, I too.
1: Bought... <laughs> I bought her CD. Me, too. Dog, listen, man. Like, I had a crush on her. Sex... Yo, Sex Appeal used to have your boy... In, like, a chokehold. Like, all women had to do was be fine to me, and I would buy your shit. Like, I remember, like, Drew Barrymore, I had a crush on for a time, right? I literally went and saw, like, Charlie's Angels 2, like, my, maybe, like, five times. You again? the ticket collector. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, hey, no.
1: Man, it's like, man, like, I, I sat in this movie. Like, it is not that good. Like... <laughs> Jealous I did that
2: where, where Mila Kunis though, like in um, damn, Book of Eli. There we go. Even though it was a good movie, it was just like, a, I really watched it for like Mila Kunis.
1: Yeah, just another one. She was like pretty fun, but not ninety.
2: And that seventy show,
1: Rachel Lee Cook. She's all that Um, hmm. Huck and Finn. You
0: know I like
1: yeah. Josie and the Pussycat Dolls, but that was that was two thousand. 2001, so I can't count that.
0: But that's not the era, like 97, 96 to like 2001. Oh, okay. They're pretty much like that. Seems like the same. You can't. It's not just like a black. Oh my, pen flu. It's not like black and white where it's like and now it's 2001. Now you can't. It's a different era.
1: Okay, all
0: right. can yeah. so to that. But uh, again, I like the quirky, quirky ones. Um, like Joy Lauren Adams. I liked her in Chasing oh, the Chasing. Oh, movie. okay. Chasing yeah, the
1: Voice like this screen. No. Yeah. yeah, she a, she's another one out of vibe. She was in Big Daddy. I was in nineteen ninety-nine.
0: Oh, okay, Big Daddy. Yeah, but I was in more of the whole like teeny bopper chicks like or
1: women. Oh, you know, and girls. and and um and Days and Confuse. Oh. Yeah, confused. You know who I gotta put on you know who I gotta Park put Park on you know who I ought know to put on here and I, I don't know her name, but she's in Days and Confused, she's in Major League oh. Two, she's oh. in Coneheads as Connie Conehead. Oh my god but in days and confused like she had on like it, it they were in 70s clothes but like she had like a pretty face and she had like these jeans on and it was like the sexiest thing to me yeah I, and I then her name I, even
0: I, with the big even with the cone head she still looked good yeah i got her. uh yeah because that's one of the movies i've seen probably the most ever and uh i think looking back i did like the whole like older uh, the because they're, they're supposed to be in like like she, she's like a senior. And I always liked a couple
2: years older girls, you know. Growing up, I kind of like the. Uh, right. Um. Maybe I like older women. I'm trying to think of like, you know, when I was like, ten, I loved like, women in their twenties, like thirties. Yeah.
1: Jamie Presley. Yeah, um, that's right. I think with our with our new um with our new, are uh, stretching the limit into the early two thousands. Like she would count, but she's always been like a favorite of mine. Like to this day, like like i said I, she she's on this show called um mom moms or mom with um anna ferris like it's a sitcom so she's, like one of like the supporting characters so my my mom like usually watches like the reruns, so i like you know saw her on it and added her to the list cuz she's always been my favorite like in Joe Dirt and when she pops up like she is hot as hell um What's that thing? Uh, My name is Earl. Like, she's on that. And she's, like, gorgeous still. Like, so, you know. When we talk about older women, like, Jamie Presley, if you're not married and you want to up-and-coming um, podcaster, like, you know, hit them DMs. You know, phone lines are open. 1-800-223-9797. Right. Shug
2: is single. Shug
1: bachelor. Hit him up. What's up? Yeah, Even man. if it's not Jamie Presley, just hit him up. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these days we'll do an episode where like we do like the 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 dating game. <laughs> we just
2: yeah. I kind of like I, I can't join yeah. I participate. <laughs> I'll be wingman. So, <laughs> you know, like, no, I'm, talking, and... about, I'm <laughs> talking about
1: I'm talking about we do like a like a photo love or Ray J, but or, or flavor of love, and I'll be the the mm-hmm. the flavor. I'm be flavor Flav. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, would, so instead of it being like a rose, what would it what would it be given
1: Get yeah. Um, used uh Yankees tickets, <laughs> <laughs> Yankees you stubs. ticket stubs with um expired. You know how they have like the the models um coupon on the back, it'd be like expired <laughs> 10% off, yeah. Like,
0: Clearance
1: be like a um, be like a like a uh. A metro card that's expired, like all of that. But no, anyway, got
0: that. we got four trips left on that card. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they're good. We're around
1: trips. Yo, they need to bring back that when when things open back up. They need to bring back like the fun day pass where you could just like use it all day unlimited. Like they need to bring that shit back.
0: What the metro card?
1: Yeah, remember they used to have it. Cool. It used to be four dollars. Then it went up to like seven dollars. Well, I know it's oh, not fun. Then got they got rid of it. Day. Yeah, the fun day pass. Like they I used got to rid of it because of that. Time.
2: Bum ass bonus thing that you got, and then mm-hmm. they took that away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but if you guys remember, like they, like in the earlier this year, the main thing was that they're gonna start only using your phone, and they're gonna get rid of cards and all that shit. So you still do it on your phone. But I'm just saying, like I forgot that they're really they were pushing all these different things. Uh, you know how we set the coin, and we had the card, and then they're just gonna do like you swipe your credit card.
2: But I guess yeah, you all still- I use is my phone now. Honestly, I don't even use yeah, my. I phone. guess you could apply to that too. I just I spoke out a yeah. lot
1: but it, um, just so we don't lose our non-New York listeners, um, back to what we were talking about. So I watched um a movie, Higher Learning. Uh, Joel, you seen it? You ever seen Higher Learning, the John Singleton film? Mike, I'm pretty. Sure, you you seen nah. it?
2: Oh, of course.
1: Yeah, like I was watching it. Like I've seen it before, but I watched it for the first time in a long time. Michael um,
0: Rapaport goes from being just like a, just like a, bright, a white bread uh. A uh, freshman to a freaking neo-Nazi in like one semester, right? Is that what happens?
1: It's, uh, like over the top. Well, been been there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, Christy Swanson, right?
1: Yeah, so Is I. Are gonna say Christy I, Swanson? Christy Swanson, and then like I randomly, I really had forgotten because I hadn't seen it in so long. But Jennifer Connelly was in it. She was yeah. The
0: was well. um King, Jennifer Connelly. You also had uh, Tyra Banks was in it.
1: Yeah, so I also had so Christy Swanson, Tyra Banks, Jennifer Connelly, um, and Tyra you Banks.
0: One, seen, huh? Uh, before you you we go through everyone. The Christy Swanson. Uh, you ever seen Buffy? The original Buffy movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I just remember. I remember Played, this
1: not movie. not recently, but I vaguely remember it. But I I remember seeing it at the time when buffy the vampire slayer like the series was still on and i was just like i was confused as to like the connection uh it's, yeah
0: yeah i i want to get back to this in a second but i just remember that's actually a legitimate movie uh when i was like really young like in, like the early 90s seeing and be like wow i'm being like captivated as like a little kid uh it was her yeah and i just remember that so that's like in an actual early 90s like Experience where I'm like, wow, this is I'm captivated, I'm in love. And I was yeah. like five, but yeah. So yeah, she's in that, and a lot of other women. So who else is in that again? the uh, owner
1: Oh, just those, those three mainly. Oh, um, what's her name? Regina um, King was in there, right? Regina King. Yeah, yeah Regina, Regina King. King, and um, the one that's married to Pete Sanders that was in um Billy Madison. Uh, Mike, what's her name? 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 I oh, I'm
0: just looking at my photos.
1: You know the the one, the one that was um the teacher, Vicky Vaughn. Well, she she she's in it. I'm looking um, up right now. Let me see. Yeah, her name it was like something. It's Brigitte something Sampras.
0: Oh, uh, Wilson. Brigitte Wilson.
1: Brigitte Wilson Sampras.
0: I wasn't sure, there was a few cameo appearances in this. It's just words. I'm looking at photos.
1: Yeah, um, and then. <laughs>
0: Hey, she was in. She was in all the horror movies too of the nineties. She was in. I know what you did last summer. Uh, yeah, I remember that. So, see, the key thing for these nineties nineties uh, icons of beauty is shitty horror movies. You know, they're all in them. No offense if you're a fan. Oh, and
1: then I don't want to talk about like t- TV shows for like the um the sisters that were were fine back in the day. Um, there was a show called Parenthood. On WB with Robert Townsend, and he had a um, daughter on there, uh, played by Regan Gomez Preston. So uh, her name on there was Zaria, and I had like a little little crush on her too. Zaria,
0: um, why are not you studying? I was
1: a big fan of that show.
2: It's still on. It's- yeah, Robert Townsend. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: How could we forget uh, uh, Megan Good?
1: Megan Good, you
2: know, was, uh, cousin Skeeter. I remember watching, like, Ooh, who's this?
1: Yeah, well,
2: seeing Megan Good, not cousin Skeeter. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> she and Megan Good.
1: Ain't nothing wrong know, with being like, a, a Bill Bellamy it? fan. I like Bill ben- Bellamy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
2: don't know her anyway. Like, and then, you know, she obviously, Megan Good, right? She hasn't been in um, none of nothing good that I know, but I just like looking at. Her. Right. She's in the last Friday, right? But no, um, I don't know. Uh, Tyrese, I think, in that yeah. movie. But it was uh, like kidnapped his son. That was horrible. Oh my god.
1: Oh, yeah, what's deep. the name of that movie? Waste Deep. Yeah, yeah Waste Deep
2: with Game in it, like oh, that movie was horrible.
1: It was atrocious. Yeah. Well, Mike, you uh, were saying something.
2: No, but the Jimmy Fox show. I forget
0: her name, the actress, but she. Yeah, was like, oh, Gar you know, Garcelle
1: this-. Bouvet. Fancy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh man. Oof. Oh, yeah. On the reruns on like in the afternoons, right? WB they would have
1: them. 'em? Mm-hmm. That's a Haitian. Mm.
0: But she was in something else um later on and she played the stripper or something. She played a dancer or something. I don't remember. Maybe I'm gonna oh,
1: I, I wanna look up that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Jamie looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Essence Atkins, smart guy. Um the older sister of smart guy, Essence Atkins. You know, we're from um, delivers from Eva. Like, she's still, like, she hasn't, like, aged one day. Um, Essence Atkins. I remember. Oh, uh, vaguely have... remember that show. Smart Guy?
2: Yeah, it's like vague. I know Taj Maori, you that's know, uh, about it.
1: Going like back. vague.
2: Uh, Garcella? Garcel?
0: She's in *Coming to America* remake or the sequel *Coming to America*.
1: Yeah, and then oh yeah, we talked about Topanga, but how dare us not talk about Angela Trina McGee? Oh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, I liked her, and she's, like- and she's fifty. She's fifty-one years old. Like she, the whole time she was on our show, like she was in her thirties, playing a uh, high school. And you couldn't, and like to me, like I'd swear she was younger than Topanga. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I was. I liked because that nineties. Like we'd watch it all the time. All, all those two. But then there's another one in Boomer's role. What's her name again, I'm not sure. <laughs> is sure the,
2: the right
1: Oh, Maitland Ward. Um, oh, the. I think you're a fan of her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's she's on um things not um you wouldn't find on Disney Plus these days um. Things you probably find on like Pornhub Plus, uh, <laughs> nah, but but Maitland Ward, yeah, I I I find. Oh that yeah, somewhere. I like the. I honestly, everyone on that, every
2: woman on that show, not I think about. It. Boy, but you it was, Joel, yeah.
1: you know she does porn, all right. Like, I know. She's a legitimate porn actress, now. I know. Trust me, I know. And she, I've she, she she's not ashamed or nothing, and she she says it's just it wasn't something like she was like forced to do. She was just like, yo, like listen, I like fucking, I like my body, and like. You know, this is what I want to do. And she does it with black guys, which is something, you know, regular old, like, porn chicks that nobody cares about does. But that's a story for another day. Oh, that's another topic.
0: Yeah. I'll put the link for when we talk about it eventually. <laughs>
2: Jump to it back and forth.
1: Yeah. Um, but one last person who we have overlooked and we have forgotten, and she's the GOAT. Christina Applegate. Oh, come on. That's my first crush. Kelly Bundy herself, yes. I was yes. Like,
0: No, not in, not in that show. It was uh, don't tell mom the
1: babysitter's dead. Oh yeah, that that's what I was like. Yeah, that's when I was where like I, five, five I, years old. That's where
0: five I. All right, that's a that's that's why I, I I gotta look for in my life. That <laughs> was like okay.
1: Yeah, that's where um, thing like my friend he had a. We saw the movie because you know, I mean, obviously, like she still acts because she she's still in stuff. Like she was in Anchorman, one and two. She was in the vacation movie. And then she was in this um film um, hall pass with um, Jenna Fisher from The Office, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis, you know, where she's a mom. And I remember I, I bought that movie on DVD when I was in college and my best friend, he was like so infatuated with Christina Applegate like as like a mom. And I'd show him like pictures of her when she was in like. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And he's like, no, nah, like I like her like now. Like, I want like, I want like forty-year-old Christina Applegate. I don't want like twenty-two-year-old. And he is not wrong. I would take both. She's in Dead to Me now. It's like a present-day mm-hmm.
2: show. Oh yeah, it's my like girlfriend, girlfriend. Uh, married with children. Yeah,
1: like she that
0: in, show. She's in a successful show right now. She's in a hit show right now. Uh, Applegate on Netflix. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Okay. I've see, see, yeah, seen clips from that show so I might might got I at think it. I
0: it though my girlfriend was watching I slept through
1: it Oh yeah and speaking of Netflix when I talked about um Alicia Silverstone like I randomly watched um the new babysitters club because somebody said like the theme music for it was like fire so I wanted to hear the theme music but I ended up watching like the first like 5 minutes of it and then I hear a voice of like the mom and I'm like, that voice is familiar. And, like, she comes on the screen. I'm like, it's not Alicia Silverstone? And, like, sure enough, it's, like, Alicia Silverstone. So if you want to see her now, like, she's on the, the new Babysitter's Club. So that, that's cool that, you know, she went from being, like, the high school chick that couldn't pronounce Haitians to, like, now playing a mom on a show. So growth. There you go.
0: Perfectly wrapped.
1: Final thoughts.
0: All right, today so we're talking about the MLB. Uh, the bottom line, I think we all agreed. For me personally, it's it's just stick to uh, stick to what they already have the rules and uh, stick to fixing uh, in the long term. Don't don't focus on trying to get the quick the quick views and the quick uh, audience, casual fans, because in the long run, you're going to affect the game overall. There's no short term answer for long term goal. Uh, goals uh we also talked about p valley highly recommended um it's like a ponzi scheme now sure got me i'm gonna get someone they're gonna get someone <laughs> it's gonna be the pyramid uh but no seriously i think everyone should check it out don't lose um, friends
1: off of it <laughs>
0: yeah so it's um i loved it on uh, i loved it as a it's something different but it's also something very familiar which is like always my favorite things it's always a. Uh, it has a lot of uh, homages to other types of storytelling, other sorts of sport, other types of series and styles of storytelling, which is what I appreciate. And the actual storyline too is very, very interesting. Uh, we were perving out here about the nice nice chicks. Uh, I think we all watched a lot of the same shows, a lot of the same movies, and we have this whole. Nostalgia for these these uh, these women, these girls. Uh, We started off saying like they're not here anymore, like a lot of the ones that we were talking about. But then we just went off the rails and started talking about every every girl we saw back then. But it was, but
2: it's important that uh, yeah, you get the point.
1: Yeah, Joel.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, going back to the '90s hotties, it's just you really start wondering like. Hopefully it's nothing like mental with these women because I know in the industry, especially earlier in the in Hollywood, it's just as a woman getting in, breaking in, was really hard. So hopefully the reason why some of our nineties hotties aren't in the business anymore is because of, you know, they just didn't feel the need to be in the business no more and it wasn't because of uh, you know, being pressured or anything like that. And for the, you know, the MLB, like I said, just um stop trying to take away things the more you try to take things away it just takes away from the sport fix things don't take anything away honestly and um you know p-valley like i said i just uh i appreciate that it's like a behind the scenes kind of intake on the strip club like obviously it's still a business to be ran there so you know you're gonna have you know problems with strippers you might have some arguments but at the same time you know they really uplift each other as well as women it's more than just cattiness behind and it's more than just the sex appeal it's the actual art as a sport to stripping as well because honestly not everybody could get up there and strip like um like I said the techniques they were doing with the pose I'm pretty sure I can't even do that you know at all so (laughs) who am I to be like oh don't you know me
1: It'd be fun. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure nobody wants to see that to I'm
2: positive nobody wants to see me on a pole as well. <laughs> let, me, let me just start off there <laughs> but yeah you know I like that the show is like a deep intake on the whole uh, you know strip club it's not just about stripping yeah if oh. I may
0: show mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah. alright yeah. so I was
0: telling everyone to tell your friends uh, tell them to start watching P-Valley play I went in there not knowing it was about strip clubs. I had no idea. I saw P-Value, I was right. I didn't know what it was. Uh, so I'm watching it and it was late last night. My girlfriend's sleeping, like she's like working all day. And I'm up, I'm up there watching this thing until like four in the morning, three in the morning. She wakes up while the trium- the, the Trinity are doing their whole routine with the pole. And like they're doing this whole crazy like Cirque thing with these like naked women everywhere. And she like looks at me, looks at the TV, and I go, we're going to watch this, OK? And she's like, OK, <laughs> goes back to bed. The next time, I, I'm out there getting ready for the next episode. Uh, I had a little midnight snack. I come back in here with my bowl, And the, sh- the episode started. And it's a very crazy opening scene in one of the episodes. And I almost like freaking almost had to drop my uh, I dropped my bowl almost because I was like, oh, startled. But then I composed myself. And I was like, all right, let's jump in. Let's see what else is going to happen in the show. Yes.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, with P Valley, like it's something I was curious about, and I watched, and I'm glad I watched, and I just thought I had to share it with, you know, uh, Mike, Joel, my sister, her husband, um, anyone, and and using this platform to put it out there because, like I said, it's a show that's created by a black woman. It's a show that's being directed by women um, of all different races, but in general women, you know, in an industry that hasn't been too um, inviting to, you know, women. So if I could, you know, grow that audience, you know, with the little audience that I have or that we have with this show, I'm glad to do it because it's a really good show. It's fascinating. It's captivating. It, keep, it it's engaging. It keeps you wanting to watch more. Like I'm um, count like, you know, between you know watching the second Yankee Yankees game, and um, you know maybe between you know watching the second Yankees game and and the next episode started. I'm probably like be editing this episode down. Just like in 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 anticipation for the next episode at, you know, midnight or one o'clock or whenever it's on, because, you know, I have to see it. It's must watch TV now. And, you know, I'm just like happy to see a lot of, you know, black creatives being represented now, like male and female. Like, you know, people know me. I'm a fan of Insecure. So and that's another show where, you know, that's a black woman that's running it and like it's four seasons and it's very hard to find like a bad episode of that. So, you know, this is some and that's something like I I got into um just before the latest season. So, P Valley is something that I just started. It's only four episodes. Um Mike just started watching last night and he banged through all four episodes. I started watching last Friday and I watched two episodes one night and I watched two episodes the next night. So I watched it over the past week. So, you know, it, it, if you want to get in on the ground floor with this show, it's the, it, you know, it's a good enough time to do it. Cause you know, you don't want it to get to too many episodes and then, you know, it seems like a chore to like watch it. Um, But, you know, even in this time of, you know, the COVID and shut down and people is not working and people want to be entertained. Like it's there for you. So maybe people might want to wait till like, you know, the season's over and then jump in and then binge watch it. But, you know, it's a show I endorse. Um, baseball, like I said, I think it just needs to keep, um keep us fans that, that you know, fans of the game because, you know, it gets hand down from gen- generation to generation. Just, As with any other sport, um, you know, like, it's hard to pass down to my little brother or my nephew or my children in the future, like, baseball, when, like, you know, while I'm watching it, it's not even the same game that, like, my stepdad got me into. So, I just hope, like, with the rule changes and stuff like that, they don't keep going, like, even more crazier with it. I understand this year they're expanding the playoffs, but, you know, the beauty of baseball is, you know, they always say after 162 games, if you're not in play after 162 games, like, the, the best team is decided over 162 games. So, it's not one of those situations where it's like, all right, they play 162 games half the league gets into the playoffs and then, by the you know, so you don't really care about the regular season anymore. Like you have to care about, you know, how your team starts off. You have to care about August and September. And I understand this season is a unique season and they've expanded the playoffs just for this season, but it's certain things that they're trying, like Mike said, they're trying out this season that perhaps they're going to bring on to different seasons. And one of those things that I hope doesn't go on is the, um, non-exclusivity, the non-exclusivity of, um, a postseason season bird. Like you have to win your division or you have to at worst be like the best second place team. Like you can't just make the playoff. You can't just end up in third place and, and make the playoff. That's the beauty of the sport. Like, um, that's something I hope they don't bring into next, to, to the next season. The DH in both leagues, I think that's something that should have, you know, already been done already. Um, these seven inning doubleheaders, um, you know, that's something I, I see that could work and bring in fans because if you have a straight doubleheader, like the ones that they're playing, I think all of the doubleheaders they've done this season have been straight doubleheaders. And a straight doubleheader, if – if um you're not familiar with, is you know, one game would be played, and then it'd be like a short break, like a half an hour or so, and then the second game would be played, as opposed to a split doubleheader, where one game would be played, like a few hours would pass, they'd clean the stadium, bring in a whole new set of fans, like a straight doubleheader in a regular, normal season um with fans. You'd buy one ticket, and you'd get two games, and you know, a couple of years ago, I went to a straight doubleheader and it was like exhausting because I had to work, uh, I had to switch sh- shifts with someone so I could make both games. And I was working, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to work from 7 to 11 in order to make the one o'clock start. And to sit down and watch two nine inning games was a lot, but I did appreciate the experience of getting to watch two baseball games on one ticket. And that's something like you don't get in football, you don't get in, ba- you don't get in basketball, you don't get in really any other sport. And I, you know, maybe like I said, maybe that's the type of thing like baseball should focus on in in grabbing new fans and just basically um honing in or or um focusing in on the things that makes the sport unique and the things that that make um. The fans that they have love it. So if you did like a a split doubleheader and it was seven inning games, you know, and you could watch two games within like four or five hours, you know, maybe that's something they could bring into to the future seasons. And with the '90s, um, hotties, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, this is a you know 100% male, um, hosted show. And I've always we've been saying, like, we would like to get more people on here, um, you know, you know, diverse backgrounds and stuff like that. So that's why we talk about these things. But on a serious note, you know, we talk about, you know, ladies that haven't been on really much shows um, lately, but were really popular in 90, you know, because of like their looks. You know, and people were kind of like overlooking their talent. And we know in Hollywood, there is like ageism, especially when it comes to women. You know, once you get to a certain age, you're not like as viable, viable as you were like in your 20s, and your 40s. So, you know, that's that's one thing we didn't really talk about during our segment that I wanted to shed a light on. But, you know, for the time... A lot of those women that we talked about, they were very, like, entertaining in, in different ways, in drama and comedy and stuff like that. So the fact that we got to talk about them and bring their names up again, just because we remember their faces, um, hopefully it, it, it brings them back in a conversation. And, you know, you start seeing them in more stuff. But, you know, I'm glad to be here on a Saturday with Mike. I'm glad to be here on a Saturday with Joelle. Um, hopefully this is going to be our new day So we have like a set day For our stuff to come out um, Check out the YouTube channel Mike's dropped um, a couple videos On there already um, The link will be on All the descriptions On the different podcast sites That we have this show on But just in case You don't see it or the link doesn't work You just go into um, YouTube And just type in on the search bar "Show Me the Mooney um, maybe other stuff will pop up, but you'll see me and uh, Mike's face. You'll see our logo um, that you recognize by now. And that is our YouTube channel. Check out our YouTube, like, um, share, subscribe, comment. Sh- um, and we're just going to keep moving and getting bigger and bigger. And we got some different things coming out. We're going to have a lot of stuff that's going to be exclusive to the YouTube channel. We already, me and Mike, um, shot one. Um, earlier this week that you know is the the video like he's gonna put out in a few hours so this has been episode 14 of Shug Me The Mooney Shug Me The Mooney Shug Me The Mooney Shug Me The Mooney watch out for episode 15 y'all